0: PGCE Research Bytes, student teacher research from the team behind Emma and Tom Talk Teaching. Hello and welcome back to PGCE Research Bytes, which is where we share the very best student teacher research from the Cardiff Partnership. And today I am joined by Peter Russell from PGCE Primary. In fact, he's just finished PGCE Primary and is a newly minted newly qualified teacher um, and heading off into the profession. So congratulations for that. Thank you very much. And uh, Peter's here to talk about his second assignment in which he was asked to read up around a topic of interest, come up with an intervention, and try and have an impact on the pupils in his classroom. So the obvious first question to ask you is, what was your topic and why did you choose it?
1: Um, So the topic was nice and simple. It was just engagement with Welsh looking at sort of motivation and, and just general engagement. Why I chose it is probably a little bit more, I don't want to give you like a potted life history or anything, um, but um, I sort of felt I missed out an opportunity myself with my Welsh education. And so I've always had quite a passion for it now as a learner, although only sort of four years in. And I just wanted to sort of understand why we often have this sense of disengagement within English medium with, with the Welsh language. And sort of try trying to sort of understand that, get behind it, and, um, and see if we can change it, obviously. So, yeah, that was it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we, we never name our schools when we do assignments. That's one of our kind of ethical things. But we are able to say kind of where they are and what their, what their catchment is like. And you were working, you were placed in a school in Torvine, which for people watching who don't know the Welsh landscape very well is probably safely to say one of the most deprived parts of Wales. Indeed, in some places, one of the most deprived parts of Europe, I think, isn't it?
1: Yes, definitely a challenging, uh, from an economic point of view, quite disadvantaged. Um, but also from a Welsh speaking point of view, there's actually only one area of of Wales that has a lower proportion of Welsh speakers as well. So you, you, you've got the sort of this perfect storm of sort of economic situations, which then can obviously disengage learners more broadly, and a very
0: uh, homogenous English speaking sort of um, community as well. So yeah, it was a challenge, I think. So big challenges and a challenge that needed taking on. So first of all, you went and did some reading. So what did you turn when out when you looked into the literature? I remember you saying in your assignment that on your specific topic, there was very little. So you had to think a little bit outside the box with this one.
1: Yeah, so surprisingly little. There's been some sort of um, government research into Welsh and how it's progressing within English medium. But in terms of specific um, second language sort of research, there's very, very, actually, I say very, very little none at all on on the Welsh language, which was surprising. But I mean, luckily, there was a lot of just generic second language acquisition research. It it was mostly based on English, which does pose a few problems in terms of taking that information and, and putting it into a Welsh context. Obviously, it's not the same situation. There are differences. So that was that
0: was an issue. But I think a lot of the sort of key factors were transferable. So hopefully anyway. So having, having looked into the literature then, you were able to come up with an intervention uh, idea for your class. So what was the plan? What were you going to do to get these pupils uh, more engaged with the language?
1: So there were a few things that cropped up um, with the research that that sort of led me to a few intervention ideas. The, one of the sort of critical things that, that came up again and again through the reading was this sense of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So this idea that for learners to be sort of actually engaged they need to be motivated and that comes from two sources Uh, so you've got the extrinsic motivation that could be things like how you deliver the lesson who their peers are what their peers attitudes are what community they're from these things that sort of influence them and then you've got their intrinsic motivation so their sense of self and place within society the structure of the classroom the school and what was very clear through the sort of research was that that intrinsic motivation especially in the year group that I was working with, year six, becomes massively important. Unfortunately, it's very hard to establish in a short period of time, so we had a few weeks to do an intervention. And so I I sort of sidelined that briefly and looked at then the extrinsic motivation and how we could impact sort of very much the sort of low-hanging fruit of, of, of engagement. In terms of the actual interventions, initially what I did was I separated two groups out of the class that tried to be sort of representative of of the class, so we had a higher achieving student, we had a student who was, um, how can I put this, more resistant to learning Welsh, we had um, an ALN student um, and and so it was trying to be representative. Uh, One group then was a control group and the other group was then pupil voice, one of the key sort of factors that came up as having an impact on engagement was pupil voice, but to measure that separately was obviously going to be a challenge. So the one group then, the people voice group, was engaged with actually forming the interventions that I do. So I asked for their ideas, we fed back, we had discussion, um, and they actually came up with the ideas then with some guidance to, to what we were gonna do, um, with the aspiration then of obviously looking at the impact that would have on their perception of their emotional engagement with um, with the lessons. So yeah, that's how we came up with them. In terms of the interventions then I had Um, There was a lot of preference for physical activity, for practical tasks, uh, for problem-based learning, for quite predictably ICT. So um, Minecraft was a very popular suggestion and things like that. So it was all the sort of things you might expect, but um, yeah, I think it was, um, and it tied in quite nicely then with the literature that sort of recommended things like use of technology and, and things like that. So
0: yeah, it all, all fell together quite nicely for that at least. You know. Yeah, and that was a nice innovative part of your work because I read a lot of these assignments and actually involving the pupils in co-constructing that intervention or kind of at least feeding in their opinions was an interesting feature of that. And I suppose low hanging fruit, yes, you know, quick wins with the extrinsic, but but maybe if they felt they had a bit more ownership of it, perhaps it was it was edging towards that intrinsic perhaps a little bit as well.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the key thing is that we There's almost a false duality around it, isn't it, where we sort of separate these intrinsic and extrinsic factors. Um, But they mesh together. And and definitely the big thing that cropped up um, again through the research was how to develop intrinsic motivation. The the only tool you have is extrinsic. You can't get inside their head and make them want to learn Welsh. What you can do is make Welsh fun, engage, well, any lesson, I guess, interesting, make them feel involved, make them feel value in in their learning. And through that then, they develop an intrinsic sense of not just sort of desire to learn, but that sense that the learning becomes part of their identity. And I think that is one of the challenges that we definitely have with Welsh. A lot of people don't, a lot of students don't engage with it as a sense of something that, that belongs to them. And that's definitely something I think that um, a lot of teachers in English medium could probably relate to.
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing then there was a series of quite interesting Welsh development lessons came out of this, were there?
1: yeah, so we did we did some stuff with um, so it just so happens that the sort of the progression of what we were looking at was on directions and directions in Welsh, and that fit in quite nicely then with practical tasks. Uh, so we started with almost like an orienteering lesson where they had to wear blindfolds and then guide their partners through a maze using only Welsh. and that was that was interesting because they would, they were using those sort of quite broad skills. They were having to speak, but they also having to listen, to understand to process. And so that was quite a nice lesson, and obviously the pragmatic sort of side of it was quite good. Um, another thing that came up through, through the um, research was the importance of cooperation and uh, competition, which sound like they're in opposition, but that that sense of learners sort of working together in terms of their motivation and enjoyment was you know really apparent. Um, and as soon as you make it, a co- I mean, you know, this from Year Six, you know, as soon as you make anything a competition, oh my God, their effort levels uh, rocket. So yeah, that was uh, that was a really good lesson. They enjoyed that. We then took it back into the classroom for the next lesson. (laughs) When we took it back into the classroom, I think one of the the key things I sort of picked up from the interventions was how important revision was. There was something that cropped up. And I think it's something we're guilty of a lot with language learning. Whereas we see it as, right, we've done directions. Now we move on. We do, you know, ordering at a cafe or talking about clothing and, and we forget how important with language learning reinforcement and repetition is. So I think, that gentle nudging of ability further and further, rather than this blocks of learning, um, was definitely something that that improved, I don't want to say motivation, it's more engagement in terms of that sense of progression. And I think a lot of kids are disengaged from specifically language learning because they, they feel they're no good at it. I think, you know, talking about intrinsic self and that sense of self again, if you feel you're bad at something, where's your motivation to to try? And I feel, Sometimes we can be guilty. I mean, can you imagine it in maths if we came in and said, right, uh, today we're doing addition and tomorrow we're doing, you know, standard deviation from a mean, you know, that <laughs> yeah. the kids would instantly lose interest because there's no linear progression. There's no steps. So I think that that was the thick thing when we took back to the lesson, the very first thing we did was have a quick, fun revision of what they had done and then take that through then into a ICT lesson where we were using bbots and programming. And it was quite nice to have the cross curricular stuff in it as well. So that was good. And then this was also those sort of discrete interventions then were linked through an ongoing intervention, which was, I'm not sure if this is allowed to say, I don't know, endorsements <laughs> or anything, but uh, Duolingo. Yeah, okay, um, okay. Which is, it, it does a lot of the, what we were just talking about in terms of that, that segmented progression of learning, it does a lot of the work for you because there's an initial assessment of their ability, that puts them on the appropriate level, and then the lessons take them through. So we had that as like a, a 10 minute intervention every day. Um, well ideally every day in practice it yeah. didn't necessarily order. and that consistent input of um, just very basic stuff just things like getting their pronouns right and things like that and I think they enjoyed it because there's that sense of achievement there's that sense of oh you know I complete three lessons I get my 10 gems or whatever the, the process is so it's that constant case of gradual progression and and reward from it then um, so yeah I think that, that they respond very well to that as well.
0: Yeah, and what was what I took from that as well that was really interesting is, yeah, this idea that if you just keep doing new stuff all the time, they're never going to feel like they can do anything. Yeah. You keep doing something new. It's, it's, it's a bit like my own subject being music. You know, you, you often don't know how far you've come because you're always, always moving along. So, so that kind of consistent little intervention approach and going back and revisiting, I think is a great takeaway for a lot of us, you know, not not just in Welsh development. Okay, so I mean, having done all of these really nice lessons, and I mean, they obviously sounded like they, they were loads of fun for the pupils, were you able to get some kind of sense of the impact that that had on their their actual Welsh development? Because obviously it's great that they had loads of fun, but but did they actually get better at Welsh?
1: So this is the thing. It's um, luckily my, my emphasis was on engagement rather than necessarily learning outcomes. Although I can't I can't sort of pretend <laughs> that that wasn't important. And definitely long term, obviously education, they have got to learn stuff, haven't they? There was progress. So when we talk about engagement, we tend to talk about those sort of those four levels. You've got emotional, you've got behavioural. Uh, you've got cognitive and you've got social. Now, in terms of emotional sort of progression, in terms of the enjoyment, which is sort of the, the sort of standard proxy for measuring it, definitely, 100%, very, very clear. We did a pre, I say we, I did a pre-intervention questionnaire and then a post-intervention questionnaire with the same questions. And then it was very easy to, to just make those comparative sort of assessments. And um, for, in terms of emotional engagement, everybody was showing a, a marked increase, both in the pupil voice group uh, and the sort of control group as well. Uh, in terms of sort of cognitive engagement, which is more the sort of whether they actually learnt more, it was quite hard to measure, again, because we're looking at quite a small um, time frame to doing it, so I'm afraid it's, it's rather subjective. I definitely felt that because they had improved levels of emotional and behavioural engagement, that led then to improved um, retention of the information as well. Um, so definitely in terms of, you know, getting each other around the mazes and not letting their b-bots fall off the table, they, they managed and they were doing quite well. So, yeah, um, what would be lovely is to have a longer time span. I think it's, it's always the way with these sort of projects. You always want more, more data, more time. And I think had we had uh, longer, it would have been much easier then to measure sort of actual
0: learning through, uh, of the language itself, not just their engagement with it. Yeah, and it is a very, very short-term intervention, isn't it? And, and we said at the start, you know, these were pupils that didn't even want to know about the language at the start. So, an impact, definitely, if, if they were having fun. So, thinking about your own practice now, because you're you're heading off into into a glorious career as a teacher. What are you taking away from this piece of work that you've done? Um, and it doesn't just have to be to do with the learning of Welsh, I suppose, more, more widely as a teacher. What has this uh, given you to take into the profession now? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it is quite nice because there are, I do sort of feel that a lot of the things that apply to Welsh apply more generically across uh, teaching. So I think looking at sort of environmental sort of context, how you're setting the lessons. I mean, there's there's the sort of cliche of death by PowerPoint, isn't there? And I think that is a very easy trap to fall into that importance of, you know, getting outside the classroom, changing the learning environment, changing the way we're learning, not just focused on a particular way of recording learning as well, creating variety essentially, you know, it's uh, with the best will in the world, you know, you can have a very good lesson, but if it's the same lesson next week and the same lesson next week, your, the level of engagement, the level of interest from your learners is going to drop. So I think definitely, Although it's maybe harder as a teacher, making sure that you're keeping things fresh and keeping things moving is important. I think also what we talked about before in terms of nudging, not pushing learners. I think there's, there's always, we always talk about trying to extend learners and making sure we're pushing them, you know, to, to the, I don't want to say the limits, but definitely making sure that they're having to, um, that they're not complacent, that they're not in their comfort zone. I think it can be taken too far. And I think as soon as you're pushing them too far, they lose that sense of success. They lose that sense of achievement. And again, if we're talking about that intrinsic motivation, which spans not just Welsh, but all subjects. I mean, notably, you know, mathematics is notorious for, oh, I'm not a maths person. And where does that come from? Well, it comes from that sense of disengagement because they feel they're not good at it. So making sure that we're we're nudging appropriately rather than shoving them off the cliff of learning, I think, is probably to extend the metaphor. Uh, a really useful thing to take forwards.
0: And thinking about your next steps perhaps as someone who engages in this kind of close to practice research uh, in the classroom, Obviously, we make the space for it in, in the PGCE programme. Next year, you'll be, well, I hate to break it to you, teaching quite a few more lessons uh, <laughs> in a week than you, than you have been this year. But but where potentially do you see this as as being relevant or useful moving forward? I mean, is this something you want to continue with? Have you got any ambitions in that area? In terms of specifically with this sort of project? or Yeah, or, or you know? any kind of research or, or further study, that kind of thing, yeah. So I think
1: definitely with... I'd love more time to sort of get into this sort of area of engagement with Welsh. I think it's it's probably quite important. We've got that whole million speakers by yeah. 2050. And, you know, the only way that's going to happen is if English medium schools produce more Welsh speakers. Um, so I think I'd, I'd definitely like to look into this subject more and have the time to do it over maybe a year. You know, it would be really interesting to see what impact these sort of strategies could have uh, over a longer time period. I think more broadly, I think small-scale research within school settings, I mean, the value is, is, is really obvious, especially when you get that sense of sort of collegial cooperation as well. So, you know, the stuff I find out if I do something on, say, Welsh, I can share with other people and they can be doing research on, you know, mathematics, on, you know, um, well-being, whatever it is. And if we're all sharing this within a school environment, you know, you're you're getting that sense of best practice constantly reinforced and not just reinforced but evolved. There's that sense of, every school being a sort of its own environment. You know, what. although national level studies and stuff are obviously important, your individual context within the school you're in is gonna have a massive impact on how you can best serve those learners. So small scale research, I think, isn't just sort of useful from professional development point of view, but in terms of best catering to their learning, you know, you've got like a massive advantage if you are there with them, you know. Um,
0: yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, very much so. Well, thank you very much for coming in and uh, sharing the outcomes of your research and the very best of luck for your NQT. Thank you very much. And uh, we will be back with some more Research Bites very soon. Thanks for watching and bye-bye. pgce research bites comes from the team behind emma and tom talk teaching and is presented this week by me tom breeze it showcases the best student teacher research from the cardiff partnership for initial teacher education thanks to peter russell from pgce primary who joined us today to share his research podcast artwork is by beth blandford and the music is by cameron stewart we'll be back with a regular episode next week and pgce research bites will be back soon